Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1005, air date December 23rd, 2021. Um, hi, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva. We'll be right there in one second. We're just uh, taking care of one technical issue. I'll be right there shortly. I'm just rebooting my computer, and we just had a minor technical issue that uh, uh, happened right when we started the stream. So we'll be right there very, very shortly. So here we go. Okay, one second, John. Not yet. In one infinitesimal <laughs> second. All right, John, I think you can add me in. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Idra. I hope everyone's doing well. And uh, today we're going to talk about the immune system, and we're gonna wait for people to join. We started a little bit early, right, John? Yeah. Or right on time, so we're gonna wait for people to join. But the purpose of today's talk uh, is to really help all of you really understand what is the immune system from a systems biology standpoint. Now, I've talked about this before, but for a lot of you who are new to uh, what we talk about, this may really help you a little bit more to really understand the essence of what the immune system is really about. But more importantly, the knowledge is here is going to really help you, give you the context to really understand some of the politics. Um, as some of you may, may know, yesterday I gave a about an hour and a half conversation, discussion, analysis of really how Trump and Biden are really serving the same masters, in this case being Big Pharma and whoever, you know, all the people invest in them. And the relatively minor differences that Trump and Biden have where one guy wants to forcibly jab you and the other person wants to cajole you into it. Uh, Trump has obviously said in the last 48 to 72 hours that he wants everyone to embrace this intervention. And uh, in the last 24 hours, he went on um, someone else's show recently, which we'll talk about. And he said how this is the greatest achievement for mankind, how it's absolutely safe and effective. So what we're gonna talk about today is we're gonna have a discussion today um, from a scientific perspective. As many of you know, I've spent most of my academic uh, career in the field of systems biology um, on the immune system. In fact, in 2019, I published one of the first video things talking about pro beyond vax, beyond anti-vax, beyond vax and anti-vax, beyond left and right. That was in 2019, really educating the broad public how we need to take a systems approach to understanding the immune system. And then when the uh, Fauci stuff occurred and when the so-called uh, pandemic took place, uh, I was the first one to call out Fauci because of my knowledge of the immune system. And anyone who understands it 
uh, would call out uh, someone like Fauci. And unfortunately, no one in the academic circles did because 99% of those people are reliant on Fauci and the NIH for funding. In fact, the those in Congress, all the grifters, the quote unquote anti-vax grifters like Kennedy, you know, kept their mouths shut. He was looking at which way the wind blows. Rand Paul didn't say anything. Now he's saying fire Fauci many, many years uh, later, almost a year later, because he wants to make money. So what we want to talk about today is our movement, Truth, Freedom, and Health, as that hat up there has, is really about you. So my uh, goal here is to really uh, educate you so you start having the tools so you can make a systems-based analysis beyond left or right. And it's only from that systems-based analysis are, are we going to really find out uh, the truth about what's going on in any situation. So right now, what occurred in the last 72 hours is both wings of the establishment have converged, one with an approach saying, you know, I don't want mandates, another saying they want mandates. But again, this is how the left and the right constantly split up people. The fundamental issue here is neither of these characters, that's what they are, actors, liars, manipulators, Trump or Biden, or their proxies, like Fauci or RFK Jr. or any of these guys ever will educate you on the immune system. So in the next 10 to 15 minutes, we're gonna take a deep understanding, but something that you can tangibly understand, you may wanna review this video. And I've done various videos like this for over three years, so you may wanna go review the others, but this is to really give you a deep understanding of what is the immune system and what is a fundamental issue here. And so the key concepts we're gonna talk about are risk versus uh, risk versus benefit analysis. And what we'll find out is when it comes to this intervention called the jab, there is no risk versus benefit analysis. So without a risk versus benefit analysis, you can't really say that it's quote unquote safe and effective, which is what Trump is now saying out there um, for whatever reason, okay? And I think the reason is because both of these guys saved the same master and they may be wonderfully nice people. Um, they may be pleasant people, but that's not, the reality. So let's, I want to jump into sharing with you a couple of slides that I put together from looking at many of the uh, the decks that I've done uh, before. But the goal of this is to really provide you an opportunity to really understand what's going on. So actually, let me do this here. I want to actually start this up. Let me go here. All right. So let me uh, bring up the right slide set here. Stop the share here. And let's go to the right slide uh, set here, which is the one that's already started up, good. Okay, so let's talk about this, all right? So what we're gonna talk about today is what systems biology reveals about the immune system. So systems biology is very, very different than just biology. So in 2003 is when the field of systems biology came, and the goal of that is really to educate you on a systems approach to biology. And uh, Trump and Biden and Fauci and all the other grifters really need to listen to this, but they really don't want to because they've already have their agenda. But for, for you, uh, you can use this to really go beyond fear, uncertainty and doubt and really to understand um, how we achieve truth, freedom and health. So first of all, those of you who are interested, you can go to vashiva.com. You'll see lots and lots of other videos out there. So I recommend you do that for background education. But the real issue here is benefit versus risk, okay? You do any intervention in life, whether you're gonna um, you know, uh, take a vitamin or take something else, or you're gonna um, uh, you know, decide to drive a car or, or, or go on a bicycle, right? Whatever uh, decision you make in life, whether you know it or not, in real time, you're doing uh, benefits versus risk, okay? Assessments, right? Some people are so paranoid, they won't even leave their home. Very few set of people, right? Um, I think it's called agoraphobia, where they're afraid of open spaces, right? Um, but if you don't have any of those phobias, you're constantly making decisions on what you should do in any one point uh, in time, okay? And that's really the risk benefit uh, model that people are doing. So life really comes down to risk versus benefit, okay? Some of them are, are intuitive, you don't have to think about it, and others are, much more difficult. So when it comes to any type of medical intervention, we wanna think about this risk versus benefit. Now in engineering system science, so for example, 
in, as an engineer, right? If I decide I've built something and it's all working, you know, you ever heard the phrase, you know, if it ain't, uh, uh, if it ain't broke, don't go play with it, right? Leave it alone. But if you have something that's working and you're going to do with some intervention, okay? Because you think there could be something that could happen. Let's say, and I'll give you an example, right? Shortly. So that intervention, before you decide to do that intervention, typically in using engineering system science, um, we will do a lot of analysis and we'll say, okay, if I do that, the benefit is this, and maybe I make more profit, more money, maybe the customers are happier and it really improves the product or it's gonna cause all this risk. We're gonna lose money, we're gonna hurt people. And you do this risk reward analysis. And typically when you do that risk reward analysis, you create one of these matrices as I'm showing you here. And this is something everyone knows in the engineering system science, right? So what you have is you have on this axis, the likelihood of the event occurring, very likely that there's a high likelihood of risk, likely, unlikely, and highly unlikely. And on this axis, if that event took place, the, the level of fatality, major injury, seriously fatal, which means someone dies, minor injuries and negligible. And then you would fill this in and you would do experiments. You say, okay, uh, it's very likely uh, that this fatality will occur. And then in these, in these boxes, you would put what are called probabilities like you're seeing here, okay? Um, sometimes you do what's called the threats and opportunities. But fundamentally, what I wanna share here, you don't have to learn all the details. There is a methodology in engineering system science, and this is why I want to encourage all of you to take the course we've built on truth, freedom, and health to understand system science. It is a foundational, um, it is what you need today if we're going to build a movement. And, and you can see the link down there, truthfreedomhealth.com. But in engineering system science, we make these risk matrices, especially for complex engineering problems. Well, guess what? The immune system is a very complex system. Okay, so anytime you take any kind of intervention, there should be a risk benefit analysis, one of these matrices. And there isn't something like this for this so-called jab. And I would really like Trump and Biden to produce one of these risk matrices. So that's what we should ask for. Where is the risk matrix for the jab? Now, the problem is you have very foolish people, grifters and conservative ink who go, very dumb people who go interview another ignorant person. And nothing really comes out of these interviews, okay? And that's what's unfortunate right now because you have one grifter interviewing another grifter. But the simple question is, if when someone says something is safe and effective, the first question is, please show me the risk matrix. And in anyone in engineering would produce one of these. You have to, otherwise you can't build something, you can't build a rocket, you can't put out a car. Even the car manufacturers, before they even decided to put a seatbelt in, or any type of intervention, they have to do one of these risk benefit analysis, okay? Very, very basic stuff. The problem is the internet and social media is filled with these ridiculous grifters. They're just out there trying to get views. They just put crap out there. And that's why I said earlier, there's the real problem, there's people grifting, and then there's the real people wanna solve the real problem. Our movement and those of you listening, um, need to recognize in order to do that, we need to understand system science. So first is a risk matrix, okay? So ask any one of these guys, where's the risk matrix? And that's what these look like. Now, there's perceived risk and there's actual risk. Some people, as I mentioned, are, you know, there's, you know, real risk, right? A traffic accident, cancer, right? Perceived risk, right? You're gonna crash in a plane crash, very, very low likelihood, but there are people who are afraid to fly. They may think this risk is as big as a risk of a traffic accident, right? Or the risk of an asteroid hitting the earth is as big as getting cancer, okay? So you have these kinds of biases, all right? Now, for example, when you get insurance, when an insurance company decides to figure out what your premium is, they have actuaries who do these risk matrices. They get paid a lot of money, they study a lot of math, very, very smart guys, and they develop these risk matrices. And here's, um, so for example, um, many of you know that based on what kind of insurance you have, um, if you uh, looked at people, you know, age 16 or 17 old drivers, their risk of being killed in a crash, you know, increases when there are other young passengers in the vehicle, right? So for example, it quadruples when you have a one person, a young person, 16 or 17 with three other people, doubles with two people, you know, uh, increases by a factor of, you know, 
44% with one person, and it decreases when you have an adult, okay? So you can see we, in, in the area of driving and in the area of insurance policies, people understand these risks. People put the effort and you have to develop these risk matrices, okay? Again, when it comes to the job, we really have to ask, where are these risk matrices, all right? Now, let me give you an example, because this is where the conundrum comes with the jab. Because one side says, well, look, I want you, everyone to get the jab, collective, the collective all needs to be immunized, right? Right, everyone, the individual should forego their freedom because we need to protect the collective, okay? So just think about that. So you need to also get jabbed to protect the other 40 people over here. And this is the argument that we've come to with all these quote unquote mandates, right? It's a collective versus the individual freedom, a very, very uh, complex uh, problem. So again, in this case, this is where the risk analysis matters because you have to do the risk benefit analysis because what you're saying is, I want you to give up your freedom so you can protect the quote unquote, the health of everyone else, all right? Now, I wanna give you a simple example and you can all understand this in a simple way. Now consider uh, there are 50,000 bridges in the United States, by the way, which are falling apart. And one could argue that's gonna affect the collective. Now, suppose we looked at these bridges, right? And we know they are in fact falling apart. This is a real risk, right? Uh, 50, because of the fact that politicians are so corrupt, they haven't put money into infrastructure. They've been skimming all the money. 50,000 50, bridges in the United States are in fact in a dire situation, okay? So now the question comes in, if you know this bridge can fall apart, right? But you know the chance of this occurring is about 1%. And by the way, um, for, uh, this is a field that I, because I do, I've done a lot of different things uh, for my master's uh, work at MIT. Uh, I uh, my master's work is in, was in the area of called non-destructive evaluation. And by the way, I want to thank Kristen Falvey and MEA. Okay, thank you very much. They just donated some small amount, which is a very generous amount, but important amount to our movement on YouTube. Thank you very much. But the interesting thing is that when you look at a bridge and whether it's going to fall apart, and let's say now as a community, we know what, what happens, by the way, in the field of non-destructive evaluation is experts get in and they do all sorts of analysis. We sometimes send an ultrasonic wave through a bridge, uh, radar waves, right? And we try to figure out what is the propensity of that potential bridge falling apart. And there's a, um, and, and let's say in the case of a bridge, we find out that there's a 1% chance that um, uh, one out of 100 bridges are gonna have a fatal accident, okay? So that's, you do risk assessment and you find out, you know, it's one out of 100%. So you know the risk is one out of 100%. Now we as a community then make a decision. And let's say we decide, okay, we go to the extreme, we say, you know what? Let's take every bridge in the United States and sp spend a billion dollars, making up a number here, okay? And, and do a new kind of intervention, okay? A new kind of intervention, not that dissimilar than an intervention you would do to a whole bunch of people saying, hey, look, we're all, we could all uh, potentially die of this, this germ. So we're gonna get everyone quote unquote jabinated, right? But here we say, we're gonna reinforce all these bridges. Okay, we're gonna spend a billion dollars on each bridge and we're gonna reinforce them. Okay, now, if you did that and you found out as you're doing this, you start noticing, wait a minute, you know, now, the collapse rate has gone to two out of 100. So let me repeat that again. Before the intervention, it was one out of 100 bridges were falling apart. But now after you did spend a lot of money and you're putting this intervention in, more people, more bridges are falling apart, more fatalities, right? You're finding out it's two out of 100. Well, immediately, if you saw something like this taking place, you would immediately, you would have non-destructive experts, people would start analyzing and say, oh my God, our analysis wrong, you know, we need to do something about this, right? We got it wrong, okay? That's what occurs in engineering science. You do an intervention, you do the assessment, you're very careful, and if you happen to do it, you're watching what takes place and you go, shit, we got this wrong. But for some reason in the field of immunology, people have not done any risk benefit analysis 
but a lot of marketing has been put out there. We got to go jab everyone. And if you don't jab, jab yourself, something's wrong with you. And then you have presidents, two clowns who know nothing about immune system science, nothing about risk, man risk management, and they're just promoting this, okay? This is not science, ladies and gentlemen. This is just called something else, it's politics, right? So I'm just gave you a very brief background what occurs in every other field, and that's called risk management. I wanna point this effort that risk management is a very, very complex field. And guess who we rely on to do risk management in any field. We go to the experts at MIT, people come to guys like me, or people go to academics, people go to people like Fauci, okay? And they say, hey, look, what is the risk in this situation if we give this intervention? And one of the important speeches that addresses this for public servants, like presidents, um, is a talk that John Kennedy gave to the National Academy of Sciences on October 22nd, 1963. And in this very interesting talk, what Kennedy said was, you know what, I'm paraphrasing it, but he's speaking to 2,500 scientists, who by the way are making decisions on risk management. And he says, you know, I get elected by tens of millions of people elect me to be their president. But he said the conundrum of democracy is that I rely on you guys. A very So you get elected by 50, 40 million people to be the president of the United States. But then in order to make a decision whether you should pass a policy to jab everyone or to do massive infrastructure changes, who do you go to? You go to a very small set of people. You're not going to the group of 50 million people elected you. You're going to a very small set of people called these scientists. Okay. And in this speech, what Kennedy said, the problem with this process is that I was elected by a lot of people, but now I'm relying on like 20 people or 2,500 people, you guys, the experts to tell me what to do in this situation. And in that model, he said, this is a conundrum of democracy, because in that model, what he's fundamentally saying is that the assumption is that these people who are giving this advice are disinterested, objective third parties. So let's think about what I'm saying. What Kennedy's saying that these people are disinterested, objective third parties, okay? Is Fauci a disinterested, objective third party? The professors at places like MIT, some of them I work for, who go and start the company called Moderna, who are also giving the advice to the president, but they have stock in those companies, are they disinterested objective third parties? This is a question. So where is the two jab clowns, Biden and Trump, where do they get their advice from? Well, I know where they got their advice from. They got their advice not from disinterested objective third parties. They got their advice from interested subjective third parties who have investments in Pfizer, who have investments in Moderna and Johnson and Johnson, because many of those professors are on the scientific advisory boards of those companies. You can look them up. So if you're on the scientific advisory board and you're advising the presidents of the United States on what to do, you already have an interest. So this is what Kennedy was talking about. So the people who did the risk management, saying things are safe and effective, are advising the presidents when they actually are not disinterested third parties. I hope this is clear to everyone, okay? And this is a very famous talk Kennedy gave. You may wanna find it on YouTube and listen to it, okay? when it comes to this jab, what I have spoken about over and over again to all of you is that it's a right medicine for the right person at the right time. Um, uh, Nippon Automotive LLC, Robert Burns, Save yet blocking RFK Jr. and his book. Check Robert Kiyosaki's video. Okay, um, but what we're seeing here, someone on YouTube just put that, but so the issue of the science is, as we know what modern systems biology reveals is it's not, everyone should get the same intervention. If you simply go and reinforce every bridge with that exact same infrastructure, think about how much money you're saving. We don't do that in engineering. We do a little bit of testing for that particular bridge. And we say, this bridge needs this reinforcement. Well, that's what modern science has revealed about the immune system. Your immune system is different than mine. Your body is different than mine. And as such, each person needs a different kind of intervention, okay? the right medicine for the right person at the right time. That's what science reveals. So if you're gonna go jab everyone and you don't have not done the risk benefit, that is not science. So that's systems biology. And as I've talked about, 
before. This is where personalized healthcare, this is the right medicine for the right person at the right time. As many of you know, my life has been dedicated to this field of an engineering systems approach to medicine. So the problem is medicine, modern medicine today review, views a body as a bunch of parts. But systems biology said, there's a big problem here because the pharma industry views your body as one size fits all. And when they work on a single compound, a single uh, drug, they call it, they have to go through 15 years of test, sorry, 15 years of development, right? They have to go through all these processes killing a lot of animals. And even the stuff that comes out, which is really designed for one size fits all, only works for 10% of the people. And at best, you know, it causes side effects to the other 90%. This is why the pharmaceutical industry has been having major problems. And in fact, the pharma industry is no different than, it's a very black art industry and no one talks about this because most of the academics know this, but they are so uh, dependent on the Fauci's and the NIH and the academic institutions. They won't tell you the realities of modern pharmaceutical development process is no different than a hundred years ago, how we used to build an airplane. You do a design, throw the pilot in. If he crashes, he says, oh Jesus, he crashed. Uh, and if he succeeds, then you rationalize the development. It's not really rational drug development, it's rationalized. And as a result of that, I, I'm sorry, the reason for this is that the entire scientific process of drug development is a reductionist approach. So if, if this represents some Im immune system, if the elephant is a whole immune system, you have individual scientists like blind men studying the parts. And if they ever work together, which they don't, they would end up with something that looks nothing like the elephant. This is called reductionism. And again, this is why I wanna encourage all of you that if we're gonna build a movement, if you really wanna understand your health, your body is a system, please take advantage of the course, Truth, Freedom and Health. Not only will you learn about your body as a system, but you'll also more importantly learn about politics as a system, but you will develop tools. But this is unfortunately the way that science is being done, right? Blind men looking at the parts and they really don't know uh, what's really going on. Now the good news, there is a lot of good news, is that starting in 2003, when the genome project ended, a big wake up call occurred in biology. We originally thought that human beings had about 100,000 genes and the number of parts find your complexity. So a worm we knew only had 20,000 genes in 1990. So when the genome project started, they said, wow, we must be five times at least more complex than a worm since the number of parts must equal complexity. They thought we had about 100,000 genes. Very, very failed assumption. Well, when the genome project ends, we only have 20,000 genes. What that means is, that it's not the number of parts, but it's the interconnections, okay, that matter. So if you're gonna do an intervention to someone to give them a jab, you have to understand that what are they eating? What's their background? Are they overweight? You know, what, what pre-existing conditions do they have? They may have a very different effect than someone who has all sorts of allergies. You see what I'm saying? So what, what systems biology revealed in 2003 is we know nothing about biology. We have to start looking at it as a system which means if you want to understand the whole, you have to go understanding the genes, the proteins, the cells. We got to put all of this together. And that's when I came back to MIT in 2003, because one of the goals was, could we take a systems understanding of understanding the cell as an interconnection? And that led to my coming back. And one of the challenges was, could you mathematically model the whole human cell? If the cell is made up of all these little components, could we model it, put it together? And that led to my coming back to do my PhD thesis in the development of a very powerful technology called Cytosolve. Cytosolve was where I created a technology, a systems approach, so we could model large scale diseases without the need to kill animals. And that was the development of Cytosolve. Wrote a bunch of papers on it, but what we had finally discovered was we don't need to go kill all these animals. We could model everything on the computer very much as how we build airplanes, okay? We don't just throw a pilot in, we do all the modeling. And that led to the development of Cytosol. But what Cytosol fundamentally allowed us to do was first, uh, it enabled me to really go help a lot of these companies to take a systems approach. Don't go kill, slaughtering all these animals. Don't go just shooting out in the dark. Let's really understand the mechanisms. Is this intervention, we can understand the risks on the computer. Is it safe? 
is it truly effective? What's the efficacy? That hasn't been done with this jab, okay? And in fact, the jab companies are very afraid of Cytosolve because we're gonna reveal their stuff doesn't work, okay? But that's the background. But one of the things, I just wanna take a quick break. A friend of mine uh, was in the hospital, so I just wanna call him and make sure he's okay. Uh, I just got a note that he went home and he's watching. So I've been meaning to touch base. I'm gonna uh, play a quick uh, video for you. But before I go there, um, what I wanna let you know is Cytosolve is a very powerful technology that allows us to do the systems approach. But the reality is you can see pharma companies are spending more and more money using their old model of killing animals, jabbing people, really not doing risk assessment. And they're getting less and less new drugs approved. This is why they need to enter the jab market. The jab market, thanks to the Kennedys, thanks to Operation Warp Speed, you can get shit through that pipeline with no testing, okay? Get it on through. And that's where we're at today. So this is why Big Pharma loves the jab because they don't need to do testing. Now, the approach we take at Cytosolves, we can take all the literature, mine it, understand it, put it together. And I just want John to play you guys something that's very practical. Recently, I've helped companies for 16 years, but I said, why don't I, because this will make it tangible, the power of real risk assessment and real analysis was we went through thousands, in fact, trillions of molecular pathways without killing animals to put together a set of ingredients that can really figure out without the pharma model on the computer that can support pain and inflammation, et cetera. So we just put together this ad where we use Cytosol to bring it together. And I want John to play it while I make a call to Ken. And I'll be right back. Millions of people suffer every day from painful discomfort and swelling, but most pain medications come with harsh side effects and many alternative supplements have little scientific backing. That's why we at Cytosolve created MV25. MV25 was formulated using the Cytosolve Computational Systems Biology Platform, a technology for precision and personalized health invented by Dr. Shiva during his doctoral research at MIT. This formulation is the result of computing trillions of potential combinations of biomolecular interactions derived from thousands of peer-reviewed scientific papers published across four decades by 68 research institutions to discover an optimal synergy of compounds that downregulate biomarkers of discomfort and normal swelling. Hi, I'm Barbara Ann. My hands would cramp up so that I couldn't hold cards or knit or crochet. And they would go like that. Not have to use this when I played cards with my grandkids. And I started taking that MV25. After a bit, I was able to hold cards in my hand. Very, very little cramping, hardly at all anymore. MV25. Hi, my name is Sandy. I'm a Taekwondo instructor. I tore my ACL during Taekwondo. I had a lot of pain and limited mobility. I've been taking the MV25 for about six months now. After the first week, I noticed a big difference. After the second week, almost literally no pain. My name is Jeremy and I suffer from a lower back problem. Hurt my back at work years ago and I can go to the chiropractor, do all kinds of different things and nothing seems to help. And I decided to try MV25. I didn't notice a difference immediately, but within a few days, the pain went away and it stayed away. I've continued to take it. And even when I do things that I shouldn't do, it seems to go away a lot quicker than it ever did before. MV25 is certified clean, 100% non-GMO, made in America and GMP certified for good manufacturing practices. MV25 25 is Cytosolve optimized, which means that this formula has been engineered to maximize benefits while minimizing toxicity based on current research curated by Cytosolve. As the science advances, so will this formulation. This is our promise. Order online at mv25.life. Consult your doctor before taking any supplement or medication and use as directed. MV25. Okay, everyone, I hope that helped you. So the reason I wanted to present that is this is very practical. So our movement, Truth, Freedom, and Health, is really about offering solutions to people. 
And that is a, a solution we'll talk more about. But fundamentally, the current model of doing the jab development or pharma development is not really based on any type of risk understanding. When we built MV25 and Cytosol is really a fundamentally revolutionary approach. Now, the big pharma guys are afraid of these kinds of tools because they know that their entire development process really does not uh, does not want to um, does not really uh, want to take a fundamentally risk approach. So let's go let's go back to my um, let's go back to my uh, slide set here. So when you look, by the way, you can go to for MV25. Go to mv25.life and you can get it. Okay, but in the interest of time, when we start looking at the intervention of supporting the immune system. One needs to understand this very, very important aspect. The concept of building the immune system by exposing it to antigens, by exposing it to things that are out there, is has been around for tens of thousands of years, okay? Um, traditional medicines have known that if you had a village, right, and there was some bug out there that people knew the sooner that people got exposed to it, you could build what is called resilience, okay? Now you have people who are eating properly, have strong immune systems, you expose them to stuff, you quote unquote, immunize your village, okay? So for example, here what you're seeing is, this was a process, for example, in China, you would take whatever the pus of the virus was, et cetera, and you would shoot it up into people's nose and that would immunize people. So this is a technique that is that has existed for many, many thousands of years. But note what you're doing here is you're exposing someone to the entire thing, no different than me sneezing on you, right? Or giving it to you, right? So people had these concepts, okay? Now, uh, in fact, in the, uh, in, uh, this is an article about variolation, okay? Variolation is a technique that was really, uh, as far as we know, came out of Africa where people do a small abrasion on the skin and you would take the entire smallpox, you know, virus and pus and put it on there and then the person would be inoculated, okay? So again, this technique has been around, all right? And in fact, it was an African slave who brought this technique that, that, um, that Washington used to actually inoculate and immunize the uh, soldiers because they were afraid that the British were gonna spell smallpox. So using this technique, which is literally giving the whole virus the troops were inoculated and they were protected, okay? But again, you're giving the entire virus and you're boosting the immune system. Some people's immune systems were weak and some of those people died, okay? But this is again, a technique that was brought from Africa. Edward Jenner, you know, used a version of this technique, you know, with the cowpox and so on. Now, everything I'm sharing with you here as this science of the immune system was evolving, by the 1915s, what had come to the conclusion was there was really two aspects of the immune system, okay? One was called the innate immune system and the adaptive. By the way, what I'm gonna share with you is a 1915-1915 model of the immune system, which is, by the way, what is still used today to support the quote-unquote jab intervention. In 2019, I was asked by the prestigious National Science Foundation to deliver a lecture on the modern science of the immune system, which I gave in November of uh, 2019. But what I'm gonna first start with you is to teach you that the modern, the old science of the immune system is what has been really used by quote unquote academics to just pu push the jab as the ultimate intervention, okay? But that involves the innate immune system, which is called the non-specific first line of defense and the adaptive immune system. John, is everything all right? Yeah. Okay. And in this system, what you see here is there's two parts. The innate immune system is all that parts of the immune system that is open to the outside world, okay? It's your first line of defense, your skin, you know, you, you typically dealing with the mucosa layer in, your, in, in the back of your throat, right? Your tears, your eyes, and this aspect of the, so if I sneeze on you, God forbid, right? All of that stuff hits your face, right? So the immune system that we're talking about is the one that's front facing to the virus. And, and in that case, what happens is your body will react with monocytes, macrophages, neutrophils, NK cells, and dendritic cells, okay? 
And these are like your, your Marines on the front lines. They try to just start shooting everywhere and trying to take down that pathogen. Got it? That's called the innate immune system. Now, the secondary immune system is called the adaptive immune system, as you see on the right. Well, the adaptive immune system is a little more sophisticated. It's more of a sharpshooter. You know, if this system is not able to knock it out, this system has what are called T cells, T lymphocytes, and B cells. T cells are literally cells that, and the B cells together, they work together to target what's called an antibody and to create memory. So the next time that pathogen shows up, and remember, so the first one is just shooting everywhere like your Marines. The other one's a sharpshooter. That's called your adaptive immune system. Anyway, this is the foundations of what's called the 1915 model of the immune system. And as you can see here, you know, they have some different characteristics. The innate immune system, you know, is very fast. It's immediate. Um, this is what you first feel when you get a little cough. And by the way, as I've mentioned to many of you, right when you feel a cough, right when you feel that little sore throat, that's your innate immune system. And that's when you got to really support your body with, you know, proper vitamins and proper interventions when you feel it. If you wait too long, you know, you get into a bad condition. But anyway, the, you can support the innate immune system uh, early on. But this is your early immune system, and this is your adaptive immune system, which, you know, kicks into gear many, many days later, three days later. That's when the antibodies get created. But you want to try to knock out stuff right here. So you got to uh, listen to your body, innate and adaptive, okay? So if you go back to the risk assessment, now without re reinforcement, we knew the risk was 1%, okay, of the bridge falling apart. And imagine after the intervention, right? This is like the equivalent of the jab, 2%. Obviously, you don't want to do this intervention. Now, when it comes to without vaccinations and with vaccinations, guess what? We don't know the risk assessment. And this is a key takeaway. We do not know the risk assessment. Where are the risk assessment studies? In engineering system science, we can do it. Now, this is where the conundrum comes in, okay? So what the academics and the establishment scientists have created is they've created a very nice cubby hole for themselves. Okay. John, are you going to start that? Or are you going to hold? It's, it's, it's not like Zoom. It starts itself at the start time. Okay. When at seven, right? Yes. So, so we have a bunch of people in there. Okay. So are you going to start it? It is started. Oh, so are you doing the meeting? No, we're just waiting. So can you start it and, and go through people? One second, everyone. Because we have, John, if you can go through with people and just give them an update what we did in our summit, okay? By the way, anyone, we, every uh, Thursdays, we do a meeting with all of our Truth, Freedom, and Health warriors, and I'm a little bit delayed, so I'm going to have John start that meeting. And to just let everyone know, our movement is not just an educational movement. It's also we uh, have technology, but we do, we're building a global movement. We have close to 100,000 people now globally. But every Thursdays, we bring our Truth, Freedom, and Health Warriors, and we talk about what we're going to do on the ground to educate others. So again, if you're interested, go to truthfreedomhealth.com. But let me get back to this. I, I wanted John to start that because we have um, hundreds of people waiting for me over there. So what we have here, if we go here, go back to this, is that the ethics argument that these guys have put forward on why they don't do the risk assessment is the following, okay? And this is where I want you to understand. They say, hey, look. Um, it would not be ethical, okay? Because the ultimate way that you do a real risk assessment is you give one group of people the intervention, the jab, a thousand people, and the other group you give what's called the saline placebo, um, saline placebo, uh, salt water placebo, and then you measure them, okay? And the 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 reality is what people have said is they said if there's already a known you know jab that is safe and effective. It is unethical to randomize, in this case, let's say children, if they wanna do children into an unvaccinated group or adults, right? Because we would be denying them the benefits of being vaccinated, okay? So what are they saying here? What they're saying is that we don't, we can't really do these randomized control tests because, oh my God, because we have something that works and we would be denying the other people something that works. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when, when it comes to this life-saving thing, we're not gonna do this real risk assessment, right? So this has been the uh, real argument with the jab, but this is a chicken and egg argument, right? Because suppose we use the same argument 
for yoga postures. We, you know, there are people say you do this yoga posture, it relieves hypertension, or you take this herb, right? But the establishment says, hey, if you're going to say that that herb has this effect, you better have the placebo group and you better have the control group and you better do this really hardcore research. But when it comes to the Jabin, for some reason, you don't have to do that because they're already assuming they're safe and effective. So when Trump says they're safe and effective, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay. So if there is, so for example, let's say we, we told the establishment this, if there's already a known herb that is safe and effective, it is unethical to randomize people into a group not receiving the herb because we would be denying them the benefits of the herb. Look, there's thousands of years old of uh, of research and anecdotal evidence showing that if you take this herb, it'll help you with this, right? So, uh, but you can't lay claim to that because of this ethic. I'm, I'm saying you can't apply their rule for this to an herb. You can't even apply to a yoga posture. If there's already a known yoga posture that is safe and effective, it is unethical to randomize people into a group. Suppose we said that, well, you can't buy that argument, okay? Or we said for chiropractors, there's already a known chiropractic manipulation that is safe and effective, dot, dot, dot. So when it comes to the jab, they're saying that, hey, we can't do these, you know, saline placebo trials because we already know something that's safe and effective. But when it comes to an herb, when it comes to yoga, when it comes to chiropractory, no, you can't use that same argument. You follow what I'm saying? All right. So that's the ethics argument. However, we know science demands that you have to apply the scientific method. So what it seems here is they're applying the scientific method when it's convenient for them to stop herbs, indigenous systems of medicine, yoga, chiropractic. But when it's not convenient for them because it may prove their stuff is not safe and effective, then you don't have to apply the scientific method. All right. So that's what's fundamentally going on here. And this is what the voodoo is if there is already a known Jabin that is safe and effective. You see, already known, already a known. We don't know if these are. So you have to say, what? How was it proven to be safe and effective? Okay, so the bottom line is, if the Jabins per the current standard are proven to be safe and effective, then all other modalities practiced over a thousand years are also safe and effective and do not need double blind placebo control studies as that would have been, that would be unethical. So this is how Operation Warp Speed worked. They warp speeded stuff through by saying, oh my God, this is safe and effective. This is gonna save lives. So we don't have to do all this testing. In fact, Mark Meadows and Trump, in fact, even the FDA said we should do more testing. They even got over that to help their pharma buddies. That's what really took place here, okay? So that's the background. And this is basically a double standard, right? In this case, as many of you know, in the British system, they told one rule for them and another rule for us, right? The caste system. So in this case, I would argue that big pharma is actually racist because, and very discriminatory, because they apply the scientific apply the scientific method to herbs and this and this. You have to be stringent, but to the Jabin, you don't have to be. Okay, so just think about that. So that's the fundamental problem here. Now, going back, this is the old model of the immune system, right? You have the innate system, pathogen comes in, and the goal is to generate the antibody. But the reality is, what, what their goal is, we're going to subvert you. In, in the case of even variolation, or when they shot up the pus, people got the entire thing coming to you. So you turned on your innate system and you're adaptive. But with the Jabin, you're not doing that. You're simply subverting it, and you're only turning on the adaptive immune system. So I hope everyone understands this. And even in their two-box model, the jab is only turning on this system. It's not turning on like the orchestra, your entire system. And this is really the fundamental issue, all right? And no one talks about this. But what you also know is what I've talked about is not only do you have these two boxes, but you also have the interferon system. My research work for my PhD was not only understanding the innate and the adaptive, but the interferon system, which is a missing link. And Fauci won't talk about this. Biden, obviously, and Trump know nothing about this. So it's not just a two box model, it's a third box. And the, this very profound system called the interferon system, it creates interferons and it creates what's called transcriptional memory. Most importantly, what you need to attack is it, it prepares the immune system for future attacks and thousands of genes are turned on. 
and no one talks about this. This is long before antibodies even come into play, okay? So we have another subsystem. This is why some people don't have antibodies, but they have a strong immune system, okay? Because you have the interferon system that can turn on. And, and this system is never talked about. But as you go through this, you, you find out that the interferon system has type one interferons, type two interferons, and you can see number of other videos. It has type three interferons. So it's, so it's got a lot of different artillery to also support your interferon system. And there are many, many powerful nutrients, food as medicine that you can take that supports your interferon system long before the jabine needs to be there. And by the way, this is a very complex understanding of the interferon system, which I did for my PhD work based on work that the Japanese had done and I've mathematically modeled, but fundamentally a virus comes in here. By the way, this outer circle represents the cell wall. This inner circle represents a nuclear, but very simply a virus comes in and guess what your body first does? It generates interferon beta. And the next time a virus comes into a neighboring cell, this interferon beta preps your cell to create something called IRF7 through the nuclear through a nuclear process. And when you're hit by another virus, guess what? Your body unleashes this nuclear attack of interferon beta and alpha. So this is a very powerful way the interferon system has to signal that you've been hit by a virus. It signals neighboring cells and the neighboring cells get activated. So the interferon system is very powerful. I've done a whole video on this. You can go check it out. But the bottom line is, this is another part of your system. And my PhD work, you know, we use Cytosolve to mathematically model all of these subsystems. And we showed conclusively that interferon beta kicks in and alpha kicks in. And we showed that the mathematical models actually map clinical data. Anyway, why am I sharing this all with you? The bottom line is that the two-body model of the immune system, the two-box model is from 1915. The modern uh, uh, science of the immune system reveals to us, it's, it's called systems immunology. It's not just two boxes. It's many, many subsystems involved in, in the immune system. And in fact, this latest paper that came out a few years ago, look what it says. It says a need for an upgrade. And that just came out in 2018. And maybe Biden and Trump and all the grifters need to go read this. It says, a case in point is a main immunological metrics used widely in medicine are white blood cell counts and the complete blood cell count. The former was developed in 1915 and the latter was developed in 1959. What this is fundamentally saying in simple words is the, the model that the academics are using for the immune system, not what I've shared with you, is at, at, on a good day, about 120 years old, on a bad day, uh, uh, you know, on a good day, 60 years old, on a bad day, 120 years old, okay? But the reality is the immune system is not just these two boxes and not just the interferon system. It involves multiple systems, which is what I presented in my research. And by the way, there are two papers I, I, I recently finished. One is called a scientific research on what masks do to your microbiome and one on the modern science of the immune system. Both those papers, um, you know, we took us a lot of effort uh, to produce those papers. You can find them on our shop, on our website. And we were charging, I think $75 for each paper. But if you sign up between now and the end of this year to become a truth, freedom and health warrior, anyone gets those papers for free. Let me just show you that before I go, uh, I, I go here because I want to make sure I don't miss this. Someone just sent me a note on this. But if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, let me go there. If you type in truthfreedomhealth.com, we wanted, this is my gift to everyone for Christmas. Um, and by the way, everyone should give yourself this gift. So if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, uh, let me go here. So if you go to the website, truthfreedomhealth.com, which is over here, let me go over to it. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Let me share the entire screen here. And you, if you go here, you'll see it right here. Um, if you go to truthfreedomhealth.com, please go there and you'll see that if you join as a warrior, you make a small contribution. But I've included these two additional gifts. And that's a quite a significant value. People used to 
buy these separately, but you actually get the mass and oral health scientific paper and the modern theory of the immune system. It's a lot more detailed, but you'll really get training on what the modern theory of the immune system is. So please um, go take advantage of that, okay? So that's the truthfreedomhealth.com. So anyway, um, the fundamental uh, point here is that the immune system is a very complex system and, and the model that's being used right now by the Fauci's and the grifters doesn't even understand this. So if you wanna support your immune system, okay, you not only wanna support your microbiome and your uh, virome here, but it's many systems, okay? Interferon, your gut bacteria, your adaptive, your interferon, et cetera. So the bottom line that comes out of this, if we're serious about understanding the immune system, the real question is what is the role of vaccination in the context of personalized medicine? And this is an important question. We don't even know. Like one size fits all, personalized immunology, right? But giving everyone the exact same thing in the modern world makes no sense. It's like, it's like basically going and fixing all of those bridges in one shot. We don't know the risk benefit. So that's one takeaway you wanna do. The second thing you wanna think about is how well are we really addressing the health of the public with a one size fits all approach that doesn't fully acknowledge complex systems? That's a very another important thing. And the other important question is, is really not the goal resilience, okay? Some very interesting research was done in Finland between families who had dogs who went in and out, dogs who were in-home dogs and families which had no dogs. And they looked at the immune health of kids between the age of zero to two years old found out the families which had dogs that went in out bringing all the dirt, those kids had 60 to 70% less ear infections. And the kids who never were exposed to any dirt had a high prevalence of 35 to 50% ear infections. Point being that this entire assumption, and some of these guys are germaphobes, which is what I understand Trump is, is that we're not supposed to be exposed to stuff. This is a fundamental issue, which is not even talked about in the media, okay? Because, so the fundamental question is, aren't we supposed to have a re resilient immune system or are we all gonna get jabbed for everything? And again, another question is, how might politics and profit motive be playing into our research into these questions, right? I don't even think these questions are even being asked. And the other question is, do vaccines bypass the entire interferon system? So what happens, so think about it this way, your immune system is a wonderful orchestra of like 20 different instruments that all need to play together, right? And then you get a strong immune system. But if you're just jabbing someone, that's like just turning on the snare drum. Imagine going to uh, uh, a, an event and all you hear is just a drum playing, nothing else. Well, that's what we're doing. You're doing this intervention and it's only turning on, on the drums. It's not turning on the entire orchestra right? It's not turning, supporting your gut microbiome, the innate, the adaptive, the all the different wonderful things. That gets back to the fact, is it not about resilience? And these questions are not even being asked, but our movement will ask those questions. And then what is the role of jab in the personalized medicine context? And finally, how well are we really addressing the health with this one size fits all model, which I already asked. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. And ultimately, where we are at is the entire process is being driven actually by fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And that fear, uncertainty, and doubt is being driven by a reductionist, non-systems-based uh, scientific model. So the net of what I'm trying to tell you is that IBM selling model was this model called fear, uncertainty, and doubt. IBM would get, they would say, look, we're big blue. Do you want to go with that small computer manufacturer? He could go out of business tomorrow. Come to us. We're always there for you. They used to sell fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And that is what big pharma is doing. And that is what Trump and Biden are doing. And that's where, why I say they serve as the puppets of both parties. And by the way, to make it clear, it was not, it was just again, uh, a few hours ago or uh, um, that uh, Mr. Trump, went to uh, went to uh, one of the shows and he said uh, um, that Trump's, and this was it came out, he said, Trump's stirring vaccine defense. Ex-president says most Americans are dying or hospitalized because of COVID or unvaccinated and encourages 
everyone to get the shot as Omicron fuels. So any one of you thinking that he does not, he's not encouraging everyone to get the shot, that is in fact what he's exactly encouraging. He's telling everyone to get the shot. And if you read this article, that's essentially what he says. He said, this is the greatest achievement and everyone should get the shot, everyone. This is not one size fits all model of, I mean, this is a one size fits all model of medicine. Now, in closing, what I wanna let everyone know is it is our movement as early as 2019, as early as March of 2020, I wrote a letter to Trump and I said, please don't lock down the economy. None of the grifters did it. I didn't see Rand Paul there. I didn't see Kennedy there. I didn't see any of these other guys there. But when you are a real scientist, when you understand system science, you can call this out like that. And I wanna show you that for the record. So you guys see as early as, this is as early as March of 2020, I wrote a letter to Trump. Some of you may remember this, but I wanna bring it back because this is why you have to choose who you're gonna follow. This was a letter I wrote to Trump. And look, March 24th of 2020, immune and economic health for, for America coronavirus. And this is what I said. I said, it was titled, I said, this letter, Mr. Pre and by the way, Marla Maples delivered this to him to the White House, okay? And I got a call back from them, but they didn't, Trump didn't do anything. And I said, this letter provides your administration a solution to restore the immune and economic health of the American people. This solution can be executed immediately in a low risk and cost-effective manner. I said, the current trajectory of Dr. Anthony Fauci's, let me make sure everyone can see this, yeah. The current trajectory of Dr. Anthony Fauci's, let me go here. The right one here. Uh, okay. The current trajectory of Dr. Anthony's public health policy will result in the short term and long term destruction of our citizens' immune health. Again, this was in March of 2020, okay? As well as our nation's economic health, perhaps a conscious and intended goal. Dr. Fauci's policy at best is based on a 1950s outdated one size fits all non-personalized approach to medicine and public health and at worst is derived from a fake science understanding of the immune system one which dr fauci over the five decades has perpetuated and exploited there's no need to shut down our entire country there's no need to quarantine all of our citizens the solution here and provides a path to advance immune health i laid out for trump a personalized medicine approach and what i said to trump you should go read this letter I said, look, organize the citizens of our country into four groups. Those who are testing positive for COVID, group one. Those who are hospitalized in critical condition, group two. Those who are immunocompromised, people are, let's say, seriously overweight, diabetes. And then group four are the healthy individuals, okay, who do not have positive, okay, which was most of us. And what I said was, step two, take all the people in group one and give them a very high dose of vitamin A, which has been shown over hundreds, 100 years to work, vitamin A, and 50,000 IUs of vitamin D, two days. And you can read this protocol. Group two got a different protocol. Group three got a different protocol. And same with children and a maintenance dosage. Bottom line is this, everyone. This was given to Trump back in 2020. In fact, I had a long discussion. Nothing was done. So both wings of the establishment, all they talk about is a jab, the jab, the jab, pro-mandate, anti-mandate. That's not the freaking issue. No one is talking about boosting the immune system. No one is talking about health. Biden ain't talking about health. Trump ain't talking about health. One wants to use a stick to get people to get jabbed, and the other person is saying, embrace it. It's all good for you. You know, do it. It's all fine. Okay? Both guys are controlled by the same master. And that's why I want to encourage all of you to recognize that it is this movement, the movement for truth, freedom, and health, which called this out over nearly two years ago and had people listen to us, listen to the very scientific advice. We wouldn't be here. But the grifters, the establishment didn't want to listen to us. Trump didn't listen to us. He was in power. He could have done something. And the grifters waited to see which way the wind was blowing, writing books, raising money. And the grifter, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., that's what he is. Go listen, go to RFK Exposed. When I started exposing him, all these white liberal elite women got upset because the fact is he makes money off the shit. Meanwhile, he has a big party in his Malibu home 
and he tells everyone to come there that they better be vaccinated and they better, you know, have testing done. These people are complete contradictions, but our movement has been consistent and on the absolute path to educate people that without freedom of discourse, we can't get to truth. And without truth, we real science, we're not gonna get to health. And the real science shows that it's about resilience. So anyway, everyone, I wanna thank all of you. I wish all of you a, a, a wonderful Christmas and happy holidays, but become a truth, freedom and health warrior. We have to grow our movement. It is the only force that brings all this together and has consistently always been ahead. And that is what the world needs right now. No more grifters, no more left and right, no more Trump and Biden bullshit. We need to build a bottoms up movement based on system science. So do it for you. This movement is about you. It's about giving you the tools so you fight for you. It's not about me you know, being this leader. It's about me and you being catalysts. That's what it's about. I just happen to have had the fortune of getting access to certain knowledge. So I'm here to continue to educate you. But it's, now it's about you. Use the infrastructure. Use truth, freedom, and health. Use the community of people. And that's how we're going to win. Otherwise, we're going to head into the dark ages of power, profit, and control. Thank you, everyone. I hope this was valuable. Again, go to truthfreedomhealth.com. I have two very special gifts. It ends on December 31st. You get access to both those reports if you sign up. Thank you. Be well.